This is the Employment Law Show. Well, Monday, Monday, Monday. It's here again, 6.30. Welcome to the show. John Scholes here and hosting and the brains of the operation, the intrepid Alex Luciferro from San Firu Tamarkin is here for just under the next half hour to answer all of your questions. You having some issues at work, maybe just a simple severance question. Maybe you're an employer dealing with an employee that's less than favorable. Let's put it that way. Whatever, bring it on. There's really nothing that Alex who at least won't point you in the right direction. Answer some questions. Again, 416-870-6400 to call in live to the station. Beyond that, you can reach Alex at help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'll give you some more contact information for the show. The main topic here in moments uh, will be the worst times for an employer to terminate an employee. That's coming up. But first, as always, case of the day. What's going on, pal? Hey, good Monday evening to you, John. Great to be back live on the air talking employment law. Uh, it's been a busy Monday, John, as uh, as usual. Always a hectic start to the week in the uh, in the office talking workplace rights for employees and for employers, and you know, doing the usual, John, helping people yep. resolve their workplace situations, giving advice, helping people get the severance that they're owed. Our entire team, of course, across all our offices, continue to speak to people on a daily basis. People that have heard this show. Uh, long, you know, long-time listeners of the show, or they've been put in touch with us through a family member or a friend, perhaps. People call us uh, because they're having a hard time at work. They're dealing with a difficult situation at work. They have no idea what to do. They have no idea how to respond to their employer. They need some guidance. They need some help. They want to know what their rights are. And as you very well know, John, that's exactly what we do, and it's what we pride ourselves on. We resolve workplace problems. Uh, and what's great about our job, John, is after people speak to us, they usually, if not almost always, feel a heck of a lot better. A lot of times, workplace situations are very easily resolvable. Our laws are not complicated when it comes to employment law. It's pretty basic stuff. And even in complicated situations, we're at the very least able to guide people in the right direction, give them tips, give them pointers based on our experience, based on the way the law works. And people are grateful to know you know, how to handle a difficult situation moving forward so that they are best placed when the time comes that maybe you're let go from your job or maybe you're sat in, down in a room and you're being reprimanded for something. You need to know how to handle those kinds of difficult situations. And that's why people listen to the show. That's why people contact us at the, at the office. Listen, whichever way, we're here to talk. We're here to help. And of course, if you don't want to call us on the show, if you'd rather talk pri- pri- privately with myself or with anyone else at the firm, give us a call at the office as well. Uh, we're always happy to pick up the phone and have that conversation, especially, as I said, when we're helping people. Now, case of the, j- case of the day, uh, John, as usual, uh, let's talk about a matter that came across my desk. Actually, it's a matter, John, that is, uh, that is being taken off my desk as we speak. It's a matter that we resolved just today. Uh, and it has to do... Uh, John, with a topic we discuss often, and that is what we call constructive dismissals. A constructive dismissal, for those of our listeners that don't know, is when an employer makes a major change to the terms of an employee's employment. So whenever there's a big change to your employment, you may be dealing with what we call a constructive dismissal. It's, It's also what we refer to as a breach of contract situation where, quite frankly, an employer may not be allowed to make a major change to the terms of your employment. And we could think of a number of different kinds of changes that an employer can make. They can make changes to your schedule, for example. They can make changes to your work location or to your job responsibilities or to your pay. 
any one of those kinds of changes, if they're major, if they're significant, they will potentially lead to a constructive dismissal. Now, the classic example, John, of a constructive dismissal, and, and it would probably come to mind for you immediately. You've been you know, doing the show and we've been chatting for, for so long over the years. The classic example of a constructive dismissal is a temporary layoff. So spoke to a gentleman a uh, couple of uh, couple of weeks. Actually, it was just before, before the holidays uh, now. He had been with his employer for 12 years, 61 years of age, uh, John. So, you know, getting up there in age, getting closer mm-hmm. to, the, uh, to, to retirement, hopefully for him, and had been with the company for a significant amount of time. 12 years is nothing to scoff at. Lo and behold, just before the holidays, John, he gets laid off from his work. His employer comes to him and says, listen, there's not enough work going around you know, we have nothing. We have nothing for you to do during the day. We're going to send you home. We'll call you back when we need you. This is a temporary layoff. And he reached out to out to us and said, "Hey guys, I don't know if, if they're allowed to do this. What's the situation here? Do I just have to sit at home and wait and maybe collect some EI?" And so I reviewed this gentleman's contract. John spoke to him for a little bit, and we very quickly figured out, as is often the case when it comes to temporary layoffs, that the employer had absolutely no right to temporarily lay him off their contract didn't have anything in it that allowed him to allowed them to lay him off he was never laid off before in his employment in other words there was no written term of employment allowing the company to do so and there was no implied term that allowed the company to do so and so with that John, he was able to treat that layoff as a termination he didn't want to stick around forever just waiting to be called back he wanted his severance and to be moving on to new employment. And so lo and behold, we got him, we, we sent a letter to the employer, as we often do. They responded, made him a very reasonable severance offer. And literally, John, within a matter of weeks, this gentleman went from a temporary layoff in an extremely high-stress situation to getting a phenomenal severance package, exactly what he was owed based on his age, position, and years of service. By the way, John, that was a lot of money because he was 61 with 12 years of service. He got a hefty hefty severance package, uh, right? Age, position, and years of service are the factors that we need to take into consideration when assessing severance. And lo and behold, he's going to be moving on to new employment pretty darn soon. So, you know, all's well that ends well, stressful situation, but nevertheless, this gentleman got exactly what he was owed at law, his severance entitlements, moving on to new employment. And it's a lesson for both employees and employers out there. Do not just assume that an employer can temporarily lay you off. And even beyond that, John, do not assume that an employer can make any major changes to your employment without your consent. A lot of times as an employee, you have the right and you should be exercising that right to tell your employer, no, I don't agree to that change, right? I want to either keep things the way they are or you owe me severance and I'm going to be moving on to bigger and better. Great story, man. Good way to uh, to start the show. I want to get into a break soon, but I want to get to uh, Jewel on the other uh, line first before we uh, do that. Jewel, thanks so much for standing by. How are you? I'm doing good. I've been listening to a long time, you guys, and finally today, I mean, this Friday, I'm let go from my job, uh, 59 years old, and I already contacted you guys uh, that I'm uh, giving the information tomorrow, but I have one question that I'm going to be 60 on 25th of September. Is that going to be hard to find in this age, the job that I built up last seven years? So mm-hmm. what, are, what are the precautions? I mean, what are the uh, human rights things that you guys are talking about is going to apply in this case? 
Yeah, well, listen, first off, I'm very sorry to hear about uh, about the job loss, Jewel. Never an easy situation for anyone, certainly. And, and, you know, the unfortunate reality is that it does get more difficult with age. So I could certainly understand why why you've reached out to us. And that's great if you've already been in touch. Uh, you know, we'll be getting back to you, obviously. And you guys can you could pick up that conversation where you left it off tomorrow. Listen, Jules, two things comes to mind here when we're talking about age and termination of employment. And you just mentioned one of them, which is that, listen, if any part of the reason for your termination had to do with your age, so if you suspect that the company let you go because you're turning 60, right? And it could be any age for that matter. There is no mandatory age of retirement in Ontario. So you can be 70 and still working or 80 even and still working, if you could believe it. Uh, and again, age cannot be a reason for termination. So, Jewel, if you suspect that your age played a role in your employer's decision to let you go, well, that is discrimination under the Human Rights Code. And that, that is something that does need to be investigated. If ultimately discrimination can be proven, right, then you would be owed additional damages uh, as a result. So, again, we wouldn't be talking only about your severance. There would be other human rights damages, we call them, over and above that. Now, keep in mind, Jewel, that has to be proven, right? So it's not enough to maybe suspect it or to wonder if it may have played a role or not. There needs to be some degree of evidence uh, there. But if there is some degree of evidence, it would be discrimination. But I, I really, uh, I'm, not, I'm not 100% sure about that. But mm -hmm. if, uh, if out of the blue, like one morning, Instead, uh, they just called you and no notice, no misconduct, no uh, performance issues, and you just decision because of structural change or, or companies. Whatever reason, they just said, you go home. And uh, you, they could do that, but the point is they have to pay the servants, right? That is absolutely correct. You, that, that's spot on. Uh, uh, Jewel, and listen, I mean, it, it may be useful to know the reason for termination, right? So is it related to a downsizing or a restructuring or they're changing their operations? You know, whatever the reason might be, if you suspect that maybe your age played a role, well, then you can probe why the reason as to why they, they let you go. Now, the second issue that's relevant here in terms of your age, Jewel, is, I mean, of course, age is one of the factors that's taken into consideration when assessing severance. So you mentioned you're turning uh, 60 years old. Jewel, remind me, I'm not sure if you mentioned it. How long were you with this company? Jewel, uh, Jewel uh, left us. I guess he's going to listen to the answer on the okay. other side. Uh, you know, we'll get to that uh, shortly, Alex. I got to get into a quick break and more of your phone calls. So, Jewel, stand by, and I'm going to give you the number to reach Alex anyway off air, 1 855 821 5900, help at employmentlawyer.ca. And we'll continue Monday night edition. Employment Law Show continues. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. Philip, thank you for hanging on the line, Bill. Yeah. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Uh, good evening, good. gentlemen. It's a pleasure talking to you. Thank I just you. wanted to let you know my partner, she works in an establishment in Toronto, downtown Toronto, actually, and uh, it's a sort of spa where people can take, you know, baths in this sort of salt, uh, salt you know, magic salt for their health. And um, she's been maltreated, really, over a number of weeks. You know, the first thing that happened before the end of last year, they started sorry, laying her off for periods, and she didn't know how long she'd be laid off for. And then what they've done recently, they've put her on this thing which they call on-call. It's a bit like 
being on standby, but you don't know whether you're going to be called in. So the net result is she doesn't know how many hours she's going to get in a week now. And this was never agreed to when she first started working for the company. And what I did earlier today, even though I'm I'm not a qualified lawyer, but I do have some legal knowledge, I, I drafted a letter for her and I understand she's now sent that to the company by email requesting a constructive dismissal. So I was wondering what you thought of the case. Yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, certainly something needs to be done in the situation, Philip, if if she's being mis- mistreated by her employer in, in those various ways. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily yeah. opposed to any employee, you know, taking that stand. Ideally, Philip, it might have been worth having a chat first uh, before an employee yeah. sends an email or a letter letter like that. But listen, that's okay. It's already been sent. I'd be curious to know how the employer responds. Certainly, yeah. if as a result of this on-call status that she's now uh, doing, Philip, her hours have been either reduced significantly or, or even more generally, if, if she simply doesn't have a set schedule anymore and, and, her, yes. and her schedule has been changed significantly, I mean, that may very well be a constructive dismissal. Uh, I would be curious to have a conversation with her and perhaps, you know, A, have a look at any employment contract she might have signed with the company. Does her contract yes. speak to any of these issues at all? I mean, if they do, right. we'll have a look. If they don't, that's fine. Uh, yeah. And secondly, I'd be curious how the employer responds. If they respond mm-hmm. and make her some sort of severance offer, do not be shy to reach out, uh, uh, right. Philip, or, or you know, ask your part- partner to reach out to us. Or if they respond negatively, my suggestion would be let's have a chat uh, off air and yeah. figure out what's what. I can tell you that lots of employers do not understand the concept mm-hmm. of constructive dismissal. Lots of employers think that they can manage employees' schedules as you know in whichever way they want, or change their hours, yeah. or change their pay in whichever they, way they want. So I wouldn't be surprised, unfortunately, uh, Philip, if the response right. is negative. If there have yeah. been significant changes to her employment, I mean that is the definition of a constructive dismissal. It sounds like it might be her best option to get some sort of reasonable severance package out of the company and get her moving on to perhaps new employment or better employment. So keep an eye on things, uh, Philip. If uh, if they resolve themselves, great. You're you know, problem solved. And if they don't, then do not be shy to reach out to us. Let's continue the conversation off air. And one other thing, um, in the email that I drafted, um, it does say we wish to resolve this amicably if possible, and we look forward to receiving mm-hmm. a decent severance package. So, as you say, we'll see what they how they respond to that. But uh, absolutely, and, and that is and that is the right tone to have, uh, Philip, and the right way yeah. to go. Oftentimes, you know, they say yeah. you catch you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. So certainly, the amicable, reasonable approach is is the best one a brief uh, voicemail earlier in the day but I know you guys are pretty busy so I'll, I'll wait for them to call us back anyway so we could take it. I'm back. sure someone will get back to you absolutely I appreciate that. Appreciate that time Philip in your call uh, as you know the number you just mentioned it for everyone else uh, listening who wants to reach out to Alex and his team beyond the show one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca Suzanne thank you for standing by how are you tonight? I'm good thank you. Excellent thank you what's, for uh, what's on your mind? So I have a question uh, very difficult for me to solve because I was a vendor. I started my business organic uh, natural face serums and healing products. And I was giving those vendors to the store organic bakery in London. 
and then uh, the owners uh, were taking my products, selling them, charging tax uh, for the government purposes, and then but they never paid me back. And so they said I was giving them invoices, and each month invoice they were saying, "Oh no, this invoice is not good. Oh no, we don't like the way you wrote the invoice. Give us another invoice so written differently." So they manipulated me through invoices, but. Every month for a year, I had to give them over a year the products because they mm-hmm. sell And I was making customers look so like I wanted to grow clientele for myself for the future and grow my name. But I never got paid from Organic Works. And the owner, after, like I said, I won't give you any more products until you give me my money back. And the owners, like they said, oh, we found your invoices. Okay, so we'll pay you back. But they actually didn't pay me back and after two years they declared bankruptcy and uh, it came up to over ten thousand dollars that they owe me and Mm -hmm. i know they haven't declared to government that they paid taxes they haven't paid taxes and for bankruptcy they even didn't say that they made ten thousand dollars out of me and they never they never declared also they gave me a check for uh, the person the owner peter Cuddy. He met me in, he said, I will meet you outside my bakery. And he gave me a check for $1,500. When I deposited that check, I had, instead of $1,500, I had minus $56 in the bank. And I asked the bank, what is it? And they said, oh, that went to pay the all employees in your work. I said, what employees? I don't have any employees. I was like self-employed and I had only three people who were in my company. Mm-hmm. And then, they, oh, it's like a, like a, some kind of big factory. I, but right. the factory was. I understand. What do you yeah. think? Uh, I, what do you think, Alex? Quickly. Yeah, I could tell you this, uh, Suzanne, and, and I mean, I, I'm not sure if I have uh, great news for you here, but I think it's the reality of the situation, nonetheless. I mean, listen, number one, Suzanne, this sounds more like a commercial uh, issue, kind of business to business issue, certainly. You know, in our realm, John, as you very well know, we deal with independent contractors and dependent contractors. And those relationships, by the way, are very often employment relationships. Now, Susan, if you were selling products to this company and they were then selling, you know, selling these products on, again, I think that's more a commercial issue. You might want to speak with a commercial lawyer. You you may have some options there, although uh, as maybe just a, a heads up here, listen, it is never ideal when in any entity and especially an employer claims bankruptcy uh, as the saying goes you cannot get blood out of a stone and so if this company suzanne has declared bankruptcy i suspect it's going to be extremely difficult if not impossible to get any money out of them again i say that begrudgingly and I, i hope you can recover something but i think that might be the reality of the situation John, this imply, applies, again, I hate to say it, to employees as well. Mm-hmm. It is the worst case scenario for an employee when it comes to severance, when it comes to unpaid wages, when it comes to pensions. I mean, we saw it with uh, uh, you know, with lots of different companies uh, o- over the years. Yep. Bankruptcy is the worst case scenario. It is very difficult to get in a reasonable severance package, very get- difficult to get any money out of an employer who has declared uh, a bankruptcy if you are going to get anything and there's a chance you might get literally zero not one penny 
And if you're going to get anything, you might get cents on the dollar, literally. So bankruptcy is a situation you always want to avoid, whether you're in business for yourself, like Suzanne might have been, or whether you're an employee. And with that, we are just about ready to uh, to wrap it up. We're going to save our topic for our next uh, next time on air, Alex. But in the meantime, you can always reach out to Alex. He's always ready and willing to take that call and have a chat with you. He's got a great team uh, helping him out in that regard as well. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca, the email and that website. Use it first. Go there. You'll have access to that severance calculator. We know what that does. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll catch you next time tomorrow night right here at 630 on the Employment Law Show.